0: Is that an understatement or what? I'm going to pray. All right. Is that an understatement or what? Uh, and I love the song, don't get me wrong. But just to say, well, we're going to understand more. We couldn't understand everything now. If God laid it on us, it would be impossible for our our minds to comprehend him or his thoughts or his ways. Uh, they're so much higher than ours. But there's a time where we're going to understand things. Some things in this song are... Kind of in retrospect, the the trials and things, uh, we know why we're going through those. It's to train us and to teach us. And and what it really does, what's it train you to do? This is a little crooked. It's going to drive me crazy. What has he trained us to do? Sure. Who do you rely on? See that's the key. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what topic you say. Well, you I can take you back to you need to trust in the Lord. And whether it's for your salvation uh, temporally, salvation eternally, the trial of tomorrow, the thing you're dealing with today, the stuff that's surrounding you, we may misunderstand it, but I can guarantee you it's all under God's eye and he directs you through this mess that we observe. And I say that not not uh, disparaging God's creation and other things. I'm talking about mankind. And again, I'd be a willing participant if he hadn't pulled me out of that. Uh, so that I have, I have nothing to say about myself except I need to trust him more and learn to do that rather than trusting on my own power, volition, intellect, whatever it happens to be. Uh, this morning, um, I hope this isn't, isn't a review, because I, I put things together sometimes and I'll set it aside. I don't think I ever used this. I tried to figure that out. If not, it'll be a review. So, <laughs> But I, I, I don't know that I really have talked about these particular things. I want to go to Romans 8 first. But there's a lot of things promised to the believer, and uh, it's more than just... You know, well, going to heaven and playing a harp, and that's in fact not it at all. Uh, it's gonna be a thing that we can't even imagine, and I'm talking about eternity as a thing, that we can't even imagine the real state of man and what we're gonna be other than being at home with the Lord, because Jesus took us there. Uh, but we can speculate and, and, uh, think about those fanciful, wonderful things, but the biggest thing is to be with our Savior Christ Jesus, period now uh, as the the, uh, the saying goes all the other stuff's icing on the cake uh, but to be with him and to to see the one that that you serve the one that gave his life for you to be able to be in his bosom in his rest to never be tempted again all the things that are in that song those are going to be behind us in fact really not remembered anymore you know 10,000 years from now you're going to remember the problem of yesterday you know saturday no, it's not going to matter. Or the political things in America. Don't care. It's not going to matter in 10,000 years. You know, there's things that we are involved with now. We're immersed in the evil of the world, but God's still in control. He's got a plan uh, for each and every one of us, something for you to do. Romans eight fourteen. 14, uh, it's describing us. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption where we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if the children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with them, that we may also be glorified together. Uh, what a wonderful promise! I don't know how many times I've read this simple little passage right here uh, in in my lifetime, uh, hundreds upon hundreds. I, I would guess or say that, but we are adopted. We are those children. We can cry out to our heavenly Father, and I talk about that a lot. He He knows that we're feeble, made of dust. We're weak. We're we're creatures prone to sin, and uh, all those other things that we we're fearful. And if you, uh, I would, does anybody in here say that I'm not fearful? Well, I, I think we all have certain fears. Now, uh, Brother Paul may be stronger in one area than I am, and, and I'm uh, working with that, but he lifts me up. You know, I've talked about this before. That's why we have a body. Because we all have different strengths and weaknesses. We're all looking out for one another. And we all lift one another up in those other moments. And that's what the body was fitly framed together to do. And then as one body, pay service to God, praise him, honor him uh, with all the things that we do. Our walk, our work. And uh, we, we we are supposed to have works, period. The works don't get you to heaven. Uh, but... If you're saved, you're going to have works. Works doesn't give you salvation. But the other has to happen. If you're saved, you're going to have works. You're going to have this duty. And, I, and that may be the, the wrong word for some people, but with a military background, it makes sense to me. I know what my duty is and what I'm supposed to follow. Now, uh, I also know what my duty is according to the Bible, and I'm not always following it the way that I should. And so then I get... Uh, just like it would in the military somebody's going to chastise you, correct you, set you back up right and tell you the direction to go. And that's that's just the way that it works. So duty's not a bad thing, works isn't a bad thing, it's a result of salvation. And but there's other things that we 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 get uh the gifts, some of the gifts that we have and that's what I want to try to talk to you about this morning, things that are given to us as followers, some of the promises to us. We're going to go to John 14, 23. And this is one of the primary ones. You know, you doesn't matter where you go in the, in the, in the Bible. Ecclesiastes is a good one. What are we supposed to do? Follow God. Look for him. You know, figure out what he wants us to do. And I'm paraphrasing some of the stuff there. Uh, but we want fellowship with him. Job wanted fellowship. But you know, Job's fellowship with God at first... Uh, was it strong, as maybe Job thought it was? God knew exactly where Job was, and he still said, have you considered my servant Job? But in the end, and we talk about this a lot, pastors or preachers do too, he didn't really get it until towards the end. He goes, oh goodness, I feel like I'm about this big now. I thought I knew things before, but I knew nothing, and now, you know, again, I'm paraphrasing to try to compact a couple of chapters together, but he goes, now that I've seen God, I understand how much of a little person I really am in comparison to him. And then uh God did all those things talking to him. Well, where were you? And I put the mountains together. And well, what do you do to cause the the, the the cows to calf and things like that? I probably have the words wrong, but you know what I'm saying. God directs all those things and they happen without us. Now, I'm not saying a person in cattle husbandry can't. Work with the cattle and produce more and all of that, but it's still, Rick wouldn't say, Oh, I did all that. (laughs) He would say it was a blessing from God that I got that calf or that, that, uh, whatever it happens to be. Is it just cattle you raise? So it's a blessing. And I know he's happy when it happens. You know, I don't have that same kind of husbandry, but God does bless your work and there's a, there's a, a production of things. Um, But to have that reliance on God comes from one thing. It's a, uh, to have a fellowship with Him. We couldn't have fellowship without forgiveness. It's it's impossible. Uh, Even in the old times, what they did is they gave the sacrifice. Again, it's a symbolic placeholder till Christ came. But people had to come face to face with their sin, uh, have that realization, have it placed on the altar, have the altar sprinkled. And there were different manifestations or parts of that, whether it was on the altar or putting the sins on the scapegoat and and things like that. But it all ended up in the same result. The sins of the people were laid elsewhere and then they were forgiven. And that's what we need. And why did they do that? So they could have fellowship with God. And that was one of the primary things that. Happened with Adam and Eve. Happened with the children of Israel. Adam and Eve, they were in a perfect, a place of perfect bliss, absolutely, absolute perfection. Yet they discarded that. Why? For one little promise: you're going to be just like God, knowing good and evil, and that temptation was so great uh, that Adam fell, and. Uh, Eve did take the the fruit first, the forbidden thing first, but she was uh, tricked into it, beguiled by the serpent. Adam took it willingly. He just took it. And for that sin, the fellowship with God was forever separated for all mankind. Until, i got to put a caveat to that, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, gave his life for his people. So we could do what? Have that, uh, that separation mended, put back together. Something that was, things that were so far apart, it was impossible for man in any way, shape, or form to bring together. But Jesus Christ, through giving his life, brought that together. So, sinful man, it could have a relationship with holy God. And that's what it's about, fellowship. Uh, we have this constant fellowship though now, a little different than they did in the Old Testament, because now, we have the Holy Spirit living within us, which gives us knowledge of God and uh, the unction to do things and, and uh, wisdom on how to deal with uh, things in the world or relationship. It doesn't matter what it is. You can put anything you want under that list. God enables you to do those things in the right way if you're listening to him and trusting with him. But fellowship, to be one with God as Jesus prayed, Father, I'm one with you, they're one with me, and we're all going to be one. I can't even tell you what that means, other than it's going to be wonderful, right? To be, uh, I'm trying to think of what I was going to tell you. Oh, did you know you're unnatural? Rick, you're unnatural. Brother Russell, you're unnatural. Jacob, you're unnatural. Esther, I called her by her right name, I messed with her uh steve are you unnatural i hope so i don't want to be natural (laughs) because that means i of down here this earth Uh, i am not natural we are supernaturally made by uh the creator sending the holy spirit to us that changed us uh changed our heart and i'm way off i'm not even on my lesson uh But he changed us in a way now that we can see what we were and what we want to be through his help we can get there. And doesn't mean we falter and don't falter and fail, but we crave the fellowship. We want that oneness. We want the unity. And i got another way to express that. I may get back to this or I may not. You're the bride. What can be closer than a husband and a wife? That's why that description's made with us and Jesus Christ. And it's not just, oh, just a little description. Uh, it says God's our husband. Do I know exactly what all that means either? No, other than I know that as a husband, we're to love our wives and to provide and do the other things and give our life uh, for our, our wives and our family. And I know every man here would do that for his wife or children. It's just a natural thing to, to want to do that. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He died so we could have life eternal with him and have fellowship with him. Because without that, there was no place for fellowship. We we couldn't have it. We couldn't contain the spirit unless there was some change happening inside us that came to us. It's a thing that's given. It's a gift. And now we have the the, uh, Holy Spirit as a down payment. It's the earnest and i want more but i know that there's limitations of the spirit within me because of my flesh and the activity and desires of the flesh are always with me they never go away does that mean you can't conquer sin that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that natural you is there and i don't want to be unnatural uh, i've said this before uh, uh maybe i'll use some di- john you're peculiar Jeremy, you're peculiar. And I can keep going around the room. Tammy's peculiar. I know her for 43 years. But we're all peculiar. You're unique. Joel, you're unique. Paula, you're unique. And again, I can just keep going around the room. Why? Because you're the chosen vessel that's you. God knows you. He's going to give you a new name and a crown and all the things that you don't deserve because of what you did, but you're getting because of what he did. Okay, then I'm going to read that verse before we get to John 14:23. And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto him and make our abode with him. Look at the promise. That's not just a simple little sentence make his abode with you or bring you to his abode. It doesn't matter how you look at that. We are going to have a home and abode with the father and with the son and the Holy spirit. And I can't even describe what all that's going to be, but I know it's going to be wonderful. The other thing that we have is that, uh, the gift trying to get back on track a little bit, although I don't have that much time left. Think about what you've been given With a relationship with Christ. Before, not, you you were just foreign. You didn't know anything. You knew nothing. Uh, and again, when people say, well, I have this, oh, there may be a notion of that big guy up there and I've used these exact things from up here before. They have no notion of what God really is and who he is. Because your first notion should be, well, he's holy and i'm nothing i don't deserve to be with him but i have a desire to be and in my sermon i'll get about that get to that later of course but it's uh, what must i do to be saved saved from what ask a person out there i'm just, yeah uh, it's a thought provoking thing but if you talk to a person out there do you need to be saved and they would don't really even know what you're talking about saved from what Sin? Why well, you telling me I'm a sinner? Yeah. <laughs> I am too, right? That's the whole point. But there's more than just uh having a, an idea that God exists. Now it says in the Bible that there is no excuse you can even look at creation, and that's true. But if you look at creation, examine that, and even without the Bible, and you come to terms with the Holy Spirit that says There is something divine. There is something greater than you and you need to serve him. I I know that that God can do that through the spirit and bring people to him or it wouldn't say those other things that well, there is no excuse. But if you can examine creation and and just look at the awe and perfection that put things together uh, and you're from that source, you want to go back to that source and how do you do it? There must be a way uh, whether you come to terms and say, well, I'm unclean. Well, God can cleanse you and bring you into uh, a greater place. Divine disclosure, John 17, 6. He gives us the word and there's so many things. You can go through uh, uh, Proverbs and all the discussion about wisdom and what she brings Wisdom is a wonderful thing to have. We're not talking about man's intellect. Man's intellect. The intellect of man is going to destroy us. Period. And we would annihilate each other with, except for, in my opinion, the restraining hand of the Holy Spirit and God. Man would just do it. We would annihilate one another. would have already done it, in my opinion. We create things that we don't know how to control. Uh, we never should have had the power to create nuclear let alone hydrogen weapons uh, that that can kill millions instantly. Uh, we're creating things with AI, uh, artificial intelligence and other things now that I don't know that we know how to control it or that we should be fooling around with it but man's just blindly running down that road doing what they want to do. We are smart enough to start messing with genetics that is just, to me, one of the most abhorrent things to think of. Uh, and they do it. There are <sighs> genetic things that, that we shouldn't be fooling with. <clears throat> Did you know there's labs in the world that actually create viruses that are really, really bad, and sometimes they escape? <laughs> like COVID. <laughs> uh, we've seen it. Why? What happened? Well, man was fooling with stuff he shouldn't have been messing with and it got out of control. I personally think some of it was on purpose. Don't know that. Can't prove it. But it was certainly a way to test the control on not just a few people, but the entire planet. The entire planet was following the orders of the WHO. And they didn't know what they were doing. Or they were lying to us. We found out a lot that they were. So anyway, back to mankind. We uh should be seeking the wisdom of God and not seeking the wisdom of man. We should have our desires set on being closer to God instead of elevating ourselves. By doing all these other uh these manifestations of science and man's intellect, to me it's just like the Tower of Babel. Same thing. You're you're trying to achieve something in a godlike fashion. And it shouldn't be done ever. It's an abomination to participate in such things. Uh, but we do it. And I pray that the Lord protects us from those things. You know, nuclear war and, and, uh, viruses that are worse than the ones that we, we saw recently. And, uh, but, but let me ask another question. Do you think mankind learned their lesson? <laughs> N- Does anybody think they learned their... No, they did it again on purpose and it was a way to perfect their evil. So, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't go down this road. I'm not, I'm I'm way off. However, when you take a virus and want to mutate it and you purposely create a gain of function, take a simple virus, a cold-like virus, which is what corona is, but we want to make it Easier to spread. We want to make it more powerful. We want to make it to where it attacks the entire genetic system. None of those were good ideas. And at first we were told, well, none of it's happening. But we know good and well America was participating in all of that. We were funding Wuhan lab and a lab in Ukraine and, and other places as well doing these things. Stuff that's just pure evil. Uh, of course, they deny it, uh, but I know that that's what's happening. They do not want that divine fellowship, and they are not interested in wisdom of God in the divine disclosure. Did I already tell you John 17, 6? Yes. All righty, let's go there. I'm having a hard time staying with my lesson. So, I have manifested my name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them to me, and they have kept thy word. And this is this wonderful time when Jesus is expressing he's one with the Father and he wants us to make one with him and bring us all together. Let's go to 1 John 3, 1 and 2. That was the absolute goal. That's not the right word because goal seems, well, I got a plan. I may or may not get there. God doesn't have goals. He doesn't. Because, he, he, he. yes, he has purpose. And uh, he shows them and reveals them to us. And that divine purpose is expressed to us by the Holy Spirit. My purpose may be slightly different than yours. And, and I'm saying we're all the same serving God. But we all have a, a work and a purpose going back to that. But John, verse John 3, 1 and 2. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It is not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Think about all the wisdom that we're going to be imbued uh, with uh, when the, the flesh is gone, when the natural man has been put away. I can't wait for that. It's not that, oh, I want to finally achieve this great thing. It's, no, I want to be enveloped in all the wisdom of God that this natural man can't handle at the moment. We have another thing. It's called assurance. Uh, this is the failure of some denominations. And, again, to be, I've used these exact words from this book, to be in constant jeopardy, I don't understand that. If, if I'm saved now and then I'm, I make a mistake, well, I'm not saved. And then I gotta uh, ask for forgiveness and then I'm saved again. And, and then I'm not saved because of a failure. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Because how many times can I be saved and unsaved in one day? Right? Fail. <sighs> the Spirit convicts you, you ask for forgiveness. <laughs> And it turned right around. And I almost do the exact same failure again. Mine is usually outburst and anger or frustration, uh, things like that, which are are not of the Spirit. They're not fruits of the Spirit. But they're parts of us that, that the Spirit's trying to extinguish and get rid of. But uh, we have assurance. John chapter 6, we're going to go there. Uh we have assurance, nobody can take you out of the Father's hand, period. That includes you. Amen. And probably most of all, that's an amen for, and I appreciate that, or God appreciates that. We understand that he keeps us. We're like those sheep constantly trying to get out of the pen and uh, walking away or being distracted by, you know, I don't know, the good grass over there and the shepherds over here. Uh, but when he calls, it's not that we we send and went away, and we don't hear his voice anymore. no, we hear him. We go to him when he calls. He is our protector, he's the guard all right john six thirty three <clears throat> for the bread of God is he that which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. that's Jesus. They said unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread, and Jesus said unto them I am the bread of life that cometh to me and shall never he that cometh to me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst all that the father giveth me shall come to me this is why I get so disturbed with some of these other denominations well believe on Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved I was wearing a t-shirt with that just last week that's true uh, but some of the denominations leave it up to the creature to serve. Uh, it's up to the creature to find salvation. It's up to the creature to maintain salvation. It's up to the creature to do all these things which the creature has zero power to do. Zero. None. But when we look at ourselves as the creature, th- knowing our weakness, but also knowing that Jesus knew our weakness... He came and died for us because of that. All right, let me continue. All that the Father shall give me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So that undermines everything, all these other denominations that, well, you can lose your salvation, uh, which I adamantly disagree with. For I come down from <clears throat> excuse me, I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that all which he hath given me, not all of planet earth, uh, all that which given me, I should lose nothing, but I should raise it up again at the last day. Now let me see where I'm at. I didn't get to very much of this, but this is really a good segue into the sermon we have a future with God uh, and there, there is a day coming that all of our sins are going to be reckoned with and those that have not reconciled with God their deeds when the book of deeds is opened up they're going to be there our deeds have been washed away we're not there anymore our deeds aren't there anymore we're in the book of life we haven't been blotted out we have an eternal promise to be with him. And uh, that's what we're looking for. So our security, the promise is we have security in God. Even when our weak our weaknesses show, which I show mine daily in some form or fashion. Uh, I don't know if that bothers you or not, but I'm a sinner. And uh, I, I have lots of weaknesses. But I know that I'm still an overcomer. That doesn't mean I'm conquered. We're going to have difficulties and uh, trials and other things. And God doesn't put trials on you to test you so he knows what you're like. And I know I've said this many times before. It's to, for us. The testing's for us. He knows what we're going to be. He's not going to go, well, I put this trial down there. Let's see how Carl does today. It doesn't work that way. If, if you looked at me in that sense... He would look at all my failures, and I, I don't see, think that God really sees our failures anymore. Our sins are as far as the east is from the west they're remembered no more. Uh, they're buried and forgotten, and he sees you in a way that you really can't even see yourself right now in a way because he sees you in perfection because he's looking through the lens of his son, Jesus Christ, before he looks at you. And uh, that's what we're reflecting is Jesus Christ, the son. Heavenly Father, uh, uh, I thank you for all these the things and the promises, our fellowship, the the divine knowledge and wisdom that you give us on a daily basis. We ask for that continued thing and' uh, we're, we're nothing without Christ. We're nothing without the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Just be with us as we go into this next hour of praise and worship and and uh, singing songs of love and adoration to you and uh, be with the word in the sermon this morning as well we thank you so much that you sent uh, your son to die for us and we have the holy spirit abiding within us and that one day we can look to a future without these uh, natural bodies and to be in an unnatural state with you forever in jesus name amen